end with A, B, C. When you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi, Do, Re, Mi. The first three notes just happen to be. We are back at the beginning. Oh, yay. Hi, welcome to the clubhouse. I'm Beth. And I'm Kirsten. And this is the Made for TV Movie Club podcast. Instead of clapping, everybody just snap Yay. for us now. Hey, it's Poem in Your Pocket Day on, um, on Friday, Thursday or Friday. Oh, I have a Poem in Your Pocket book. Oh, love that dog. Like a bird loves to fly. I said, I love that dog. Love to see him in the morning. Love to call him. Hey there, Sky. That's from the book Love That Dog by Sharon Creed. I don't think I've ever I read that. Oh, love it. But love I do it. like poetry, so I'll have to remember that. Yes. Oh, thanks for joining us in the clubhouse. Thanks, I feel guys. like I'm starting my so school much. day here today. I know. Like, here are all the fun things this week. I know. Boys and girls. But this is, uh, you know what's fun about this, Beth? Everything is. This is episode nine. Nine. And we're back with Miss Tori Spelling. That's again. <laughs> because you really can't have enough Tori Spelling. It's, it's hard to true. We can't get away with it. I'm, we can't we can't do this podcast without Tori Spelling. We love you, Tori Spelling. It's hard to get away from her. We can't. You can't. You can't. can't she's haunting. She's haunting spell. my dreams more than Sean lately. Oh no. Sean, Boop. have you written to Beth yet? Boop. Sean. Hey, Case, I have some exciting news that has nothing to do with me, but I just read on he posted this morning he's going on tour. Sean Cassidy is going back out on tour. Like to and say we are fucking go yes. He apparently he was on Better on a Monday and my heart stood still. To do run 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 to do run run. Somebody told me that her name was Jill. Oh, I was so jealous of Jill's. We are going to see the show, and I don't care where the fuck it is. Yeah, we'll we go. are going. We're going. We're gonna get on a plane. Oh yeah, and we're gonna go see him somewhere. Apparently, he was on tour or had just finished his tour right around the pandemic. How I didn't know that is, I don't know. Listen, because honestly, um, we're this, back in the gang. This, People, we're back in the game. This podcast has reactivated my love for Sean Cassidy. Yes. I, I'll admit it, Sean, you didn't write back. So for a long time, I said, I'm just not, I, you know. Now eh. you're not my boyfriend No, anymore. you can't be my, you can't be my pretend boyfriend anymore. You can't be my pretend boyfriend at all because I'm married. But if you slipped into my DMs, I'd surely write you back. <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't have to be weird or awkward or dirty or anything. No, it could just like be that. like, hi, how's your day? Yeah. I had oatmeal for breakfast. Thanks for being my number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> I just tried to make a crazy face. I you don't did. know. If you did. Was that it was a normal face? No, not at all. It was a little creepy. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little disturbed right now. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a moment to. Okay, why don't I go ahead and together? Start. Everybody, you you all can just relax now. I'm not crazy anymore. <laughs> I'm not crazy anymore. Our movie is Mother May I Sleep with Danger, and I really fucking hate that title. And you're welcome to everybody who requested it. Yes, you're I welcome. hope you. I I hope you're grateful. I did say to Casey, and she agreed. This movie moves really fast. It does. So we have Tori Spelling, obviously, and how do we say it? Ivan Sergey. Uh, Sergey. Sergey. Ivan Sergey is a great actor because I hated every moment of him in this it's movie. True, it's true. Hated him. He That's is. always a sign of a good actor. It's true. Um, and according to the Wayback Machine, Chibi Tango. It said that this movie originally aired on NBC on Monday, September 30th, 1996, even though 
It is often referred to as a Lifetime movie. However, the remake from 2016 is a Lifetime movie, which Casey accidentally started watching. And did you watch the whole thing? No, I didn't because, <laughs> you know, number one, I never get through You're a whole like, movie. Why does Tori Spelling look like she's 40 in this movie? Oh, wait. I, yeah. <laughs> it, it took me a few minutes to figure it out. And yeah. I was like, Oh, maybe the, the glaring numbers <laughs> and the vampires or something. Yes. It's a vampire it's movie, vampires. Right? Yes. Okay. And there were two, it's two girls at the beginning. And, and I'm like, I thought there was a guy in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. only vampires I want to see are on the TV show supernatural, which is now defunct. Oh, and I, that was a great and show. I just got done listening to, um, another podcast do all the Twilight movies. And I was like, oh, did I that never... leak into my brain while I'm watching this? Have I napped? Did <laughs> I fall asleep already? Are you doing? <laughs> exactly. We are proud to say that Casey made it through this movie without falling asleep all the times you watched it or just two of the times. Um, you already knew the ending when we watched it today. Yeah. So, oh, so the first time I watched that really, really bad one oh, where yeah, I couldn't yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. The so one, the, the, uh, I'm trying to one. remember if I fell asleep or if I turned it off. And I think I actually turned it off. So you're right. I did not fall asleep I ever. Know. I'm like, I don't know the ending to this. I don't so number nine it takes. Yay. Standing out. Standing out. Although originally planned to be released in theaters, the film failed to find a distributor and finally made its way to the United States. And then it was on TV, obviously. So that's according to Wikipedia. Now, I couldn't actually find the original source for that, and I Googled it, so I really don't know for sure if that's true, but it seems, it makes sense, makes and I sense. think I've heard it before, but they also compare this movie to another movie starring Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon called Fear, which was released the same year. Have you ever seen that one case? No. So Reese Witherspoon, I think, was a pretty big star by this point. Yeah. Or at least she was well known because I think she was in election before that. It might be Mark Wahlberg's first movie. And it's terrifying. It's it's really a scary movie. Mike and I saw it when we first got married. So we would have watched it on DVD. We would have seen it on. We probably rented it one night. Yeah. Remember Blockbuster? Yeah. Remember your apartment? That first one? Which one? In Menominee Falls. Oh, that one we lived in when we first got married. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was the worst. I, I'm I just, just wondering if you watched that. a scary movie while you lived in that. The, everything was a scary, scary movie in that place. Yes. And this because that was the only short term yeah. place we could find because back then there was no internet with information like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That place was awful. I remember that was a piece of shit. And I remember the UPS person because you had to enter really from the back, remember? And there, yep. were, there were front doors. So if we ordered a package, the UPS would throw it from the truck to the porch and always missed. Not just us, the whole complex. <laughs> so the like, UPS packages. Can you imagine today? No. People would just be like walking their dog, like picking up packages. Yeah. No, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so anyway, we don't, everybody knows who Tori Spelling is. If you listen to the last one we did, but she, her father was Aaron Spelling. She was super rich. And, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I missed something. Going back, TV Tango summary is based on the book by Claire R. Jacobs. Haven't read it, have you? No. Nope. Okay. A naive college student falls in love with a charming pathological liar, credit card scammer, and murderer. When her loving mother tries to break up the abusive relationship, the possessive psychopath abducts the young woman and hides her in his cabin in the woods. 
he his distraught mother moves heaven and earth to rescue her tortured daughter. So that's the her movie. distraught mother. Her distraught mother. And it's also like I'm like which cabin? Because there's two separate cabins. Yeah. Because he doesn't hide her until later at his mother the mother's cabin. Well, but he kind of he we'll tries get into it. Yeah, we're gonna tell you all about it. We will. Tori Spelling, Aaron Spelling's her dad. Her first row was Screech's girlfriend Violet. I like to bring up Screech because Casey just that she's like his big was his biggest fan. She also was Donna Martin on all of the Beverly Hills 90210s, and she's had a lot of reality shows over the years. A lot. Her life a lot. was a reality show. It's true. Ivan Sergi. Sergey. Sergey has 65 acting credits dating back to 1990. Um, he most recently played a Homeland Security agent in several episodes of NCIS New Orleans. And he's had recurring roles on Charmed, The Mentalist, and The Last Weird 90210 reboot, which was that meta thing. I never no, saw I it. I never yeah. saw that. And I'm going to bring up this gal because I just love this. I know. Gabriel Miller plays Date Maisie, who is Tori Spelling's best friend in the movie. And she's got a really, really small role. But she was in a TV show. It was a Canadian comedy called Corner Gas. Which is awesome. How did I hear about Corner Gas, Case? Um, well, I believe that I stumbled upon it. You did. When I lived in Iowa. I don't even know you how I stumbled upon it. It used to be on like the WB or the CW like at 6.30 on Saturday it was nights a or weird, something. It was a weird stumble upon and then we could never find it. Nope. And now... Netflix, right? Or it's is it Prime. Prime? Yeah. Prime. But it was also on YouTube. I watched it for a long time because for some reason, like they took it off the air. So the last season or two didn't, it's Canadian. So it didn't air in the United States. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How that works. So I was super disappointed because it's such a it's huge very show. Funny. It's very it, funny. I really enjoyed it. You're just like, you're like, call. I think you called me one night or something and you're like, Turn on the show. And I was like, okay, because you have good taste in shows. And I was hooked. See? It's a great show. It is. Our Murder, She Wrote connection goes Yay. to Lisa Baines, who plays Tori Spelling's mom, Jessica, in this movie. She has 86 credits on IMDb. Apparently, she's best known for playing Bonnie in Cocktail. I don't remember. I've seen Cocktail, but I don't really remember. I don't. And Mary Beth Elliott in Gone Girl, which I also did not see. Oh, I just recently watched it, having read it. Of course. Yes, and, of course. Um, I think that's the mom. I'm guessing it's yes, the mom. Yes, I think it was the I mom. Think it's but the mom. I I don't even want to get into it, but I have a very good reason for not watching Gone Girl. Yes. And that's all I need to say. Yes. But I love I love Gillian Flynn. Yes. She's a great writer. It's nothing personal. Yep. Nothing personal about the book. All right. So before we begin, we just want to say that again, when we review our movies, we are making fun of the movies. All right. So <clears throat> if you are a victim of dating violence and need help, you can text LOVE IS, all caps, to 22522, the Love is Respect Foundation. You can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Um, which is safe, or call Rain at 800-656-4673, which is hope. 
links are in the show notes. Um, and we just want to say we are, we are working very hard to not victim blame. Absolutely. Remember we are making fun of um, a movie, movie not yes. of a domestic violence yes. situation. Yes. So ever, never, ever do we, and we never make fun of murder victims, any kind of victim. We don't, we just don't believe in it. No, it's just the movie it's that we're making fun of. So now we're going to talk about mother. May I sleep with danger? The movie opens onto what looks like a house in the suburbs with a foreboding song called Stormy. I'd sing it, but I don't want to lose By Holly McNarland and Brett Ifield, would you say? I would say Isfield or Ifield. Okay. Um, a group of teens in a Jeep with the top off. So they've got this cool Jeep Wrangler. They pull up. There are three girls standing in the back. Two guys in the front. A blonde girl hops out of the back, kisses the driver on the lips. Then she waves goodbye and goes inside the house. This is one of several stalker kind of scenes. That's kind of what I called it. Throughout I the don't, movie. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, I think that's a good des descriptor. So there's it's kind of blurry and goes in slow motion. It has some kind of music. Um, and then we see a hand hands. now we haven't figured this out, but there's lots of focus on hands. hands and also a lot of see a lot of, a lot of camera work from like behind stuff. So you're yeah. seeing something through leaves or through windows. And yeah. I don't like that. Like it's supposed to be, I guess, from the perspective of the, the watcher or I the stalker. I think the director but... had some sort of weird aesthetic or was trying some the alternative hand thing. thing. Yeah. It was so stupid. I don't get the hands. I don't want to see your hands. They're not a character. Yeah. Hands are not a character. Also, cities are not characters. Right. Sorry. That's a literary issue I have. We'll talk about that off. We'll talk about that later. Because okay. I don't think anyone wants to hear me bitch about that. <laughs> All right. So, it, so again, it's like what we're seeing is like in the horror movies where you see the yeah. perspective of Michael Myers yeah. or Jason. All right. So now there's a girl on a phone in her bedroom. She tells the person on the other line that Kevin Shane just dropped me off. And then she says she's probably going to break up with her boyfriend because he's dramatic. Then she says, got to cut him loose. She gets off the phone to answer the door. Do we need to talk about that? Because you had to do that in 1996. Yeah, you had to. You had you to. You did. You're, you're really cutting, literally cutting the cord to get off the phone. Yes. Yes. So, so she does. And she goes downstairs, answers the door. It's her boyfriend. He gives her a teddy bear and a ring. Oh, my God. The teddy Ugh. bear. Like, don't give stuffed animals to nearly grown or grown people. Or rings to girls who are about to break up with yeah. you. Because that's not creepy either. So she tells him it's beautiful and allows to him to come in and they start making out. And she says, not now. And she, he suggests they go upstairs. She says, it's too hot. He says, they'll just snuggle for five minutes. Then they get to her room. And the first thing that he notices is that his pictures um, uh, and poem that she had up in her room are taken down. She um, says the color was disgusting and her dad is going to paint the room and that's why they're down. And he calls her a liar and she says she didn't lie and pushes him away and runs downstairs. And all right, I know we just started, but I think we could stop now and listen to what happens. Let's listen to that dickhead. Oh, I'm not good enough for you anymore. I bet if my name was Kevin Shane. What's Kevin Shane got to do with it? Because I don't drive a four-by like him. Get out. I'm talking to you. Not in that tone, you don't. Evan, if you don't love me, why did you make love to me? 
At the break, we were just talking about buying shoes. And um, one summer, two years ago, I fell twice with Casey. And the first time... It was funny. Yeah, we were with somebody. And I look up, and they're both hysterically laughing at me. Because it was hilarious. Yeah. It's always funny when someone falls. Listen, I will Well, it's funny when it's you. I helped you up after I laughed at you. But I didn't. I had to stop laughing in order to help. I didn't laugh at you when you fell up the stairs completely sober. No, you didn't. Can we, we should make a note that none none Nobody of our falls well no but none of our falls had anything to do with imbibing in any no, kind we of completely sober yeah. every time yeah yes we don't need we're just it turns out we're it's just a problem yeah i have a real problem with gravity it loves me too much yes <laughs> gravity works gravity oh my gosh all right <clears throat> Back to this because oh, yeah. this is some right. harsh. This is some harsh stuff. Yeah. He um at this point he takes a cutting board, <laughs> and and swings it at her and apparently kills her, oh. like by hitting her in it's the head with this quite cutting a brutal board. scene. And Casey, it's very you pointed out there's no there's no blood. There's no blood. There's no so, blood. Um and he cleans up all this broken glass and I think there were French fries. On yeah, the there were and there was pasta and dishes he threw. Yeah. Um, he packs her things, presumably to make it look like she's run away. He rolls her up in a carpet, puts her in the trunk of his car, slams a beer, <laughs> and wait, wait, drives wait. off. So, <laughs> so there you go. That's the end of that. Yeah, that okay. was it. I thought the girl looked like Jenny Garth. Yeah, kind of. I think because you the thought first, first time. Yeah. Well, but well, the, the first time you were watching it, like on a blurred, already blurred. I, yeah, I once had a we got horrible... the DVD, everything sort yeah. of settles out. I, the first link that, so when you look for this, there are some links out there that don't work well. Yeah. Did you put the link in the show notes? Can no, we do that? I, I suppose I could. I don't know because of copyright. Just so you know, there are bad copies of this movie and good copies yeah. um, on when you Google it. So yeah. and we ended so up, you know. we thought it was going to be on Amazon, our bad. It, it's showing up, but it's not streaming it's, right now. Yeah. So it, it it it's possible it could be on that Lifetime Movie Network um, website, but I've been really careful to avoid doing Lifetime movies because because there's yeah because they already have their own thing because this is made for TV. This was made for TV, no. and that's what we're doing in this <laughs> podcast. And actually, Lifetime didn't really make, start making their own movies until kind of after our period ends. Yeah, kind of. I don't even think till the 2000s. Yeah, I, agree I know Hallmark was making some movies, but not No, Lifetime movies like started, I would say in the 2000s. 2000s yeah. probably. When yeah. they started having like 24-hour needing more content kind of thing. Yes. So, anyway, now we cut to my favorite place, which is a college campus Yay. and a literature class in Yay. a college campus, also <clears throat> by one of my favorite places. Yes. So they're talking about a novel called Daisy Miller by Henry James, which is completely unimportant. The professor gives a poll quote. He bangs on a piano because for some reason there's a random piano in this room. Who knows? And then he calls on Laurel, who is obviously Tori's spelling. Now, this is super weird because she's bent over. She actually never really even looks up at him when he's talking no, to her. No, she it's doesn't. Just, it's super rude and weird. Yeah. And she's tying her shoe. So we think for she like 20 minutes. The whole time, like for at least two minutes yes. of the scene, she's tying her shoe. So is she changing her shoe? Is she just tying it? We we don't know. It's weird. But then she says something, blah, blah, blah. And the professor acts like she said the most brilliant thing he's ever heard in his life. Yep. Which is total bullshit because he probably has a PhD in literature, probably has read every 
theoretical paper on Daisy Miller. Yeah. Because that's an old book. It's been around a long time. But she says the most brilliant thing ever. Yes. It's such a trope. I love it. That whole professor walking out on the yeah. room and everybody's super engaged. And did you notice, like, I think he's the beginning of the, the, um, Overexistence of vests. Oh yeah, because yes. <laughs> he was one of the many vests. And and then and it's funny because he, she made her comment, and they cut to some dudes in the class, and they're like, "Yeah." And I'm just like, um, "I don't know about you teaching when you've taught college classes, but when I teach them, nobody's that engaged. No, even though I'm a delight. Yeah, exactly. And I'm quite a, funny 100%. sometimes. Nobody gives a shit because nobody really wants to learn about literature except for us nerds. Yeah. Anyway. So um, she's got kind of long brown hair, which we think is probably um, a wig. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, whatever. It's, it's important because it, it may, it's important for later. And, um, and then she leaves the class and she's just, what does she do, Case? She just well, runs. she goes jogging. But I think, I think she had to have gone back to her dorm before she went running because her outfit is different. Why didn't she change into her track clothes then? I don't know. It's just so you know weird. What I'm saying it's a I very know. strange. It's so setup. weird. And this running. Yeah. Well, I I wonder. I said to Casey that I think maybe that the running may have been more important in the book than in this movie. Because if you took the whole running stuff out, it makes zero difference to the rest of the movie. Hundred percent. Absolutely no difference. So she runs across campus and she's like waving to people. Like and Hi. she's like and she's like okay so she's supposed to be jogging. I think I don't know what, but she's, she's like running. running. She's not jogging, like running she's, from a bear. Running. It's super weird how much running and pushing there is in this movie. She's it's not pushing yet. You're right. It's true. It is. Didn't even think about I that. Know. There's a lot of running and pushing. Yes, but she didn't push anybody. No, not this time. No, she doesn't push anybody. Right? No, not in this. Movie. Not in this. No. So, um, some guy named Jackson, cute guy. Who we like, we should think she should have picked him. Yeah. Asked her out. She says she's going to probably be traveling with the team to Portland. And then she has a bunch of other excuses. And then she says she's seeing someone, runs off, and we get to practice. And coach calls her over and tells her that she's not going with them because of her eating disorder. And Laura's like, Did my mom tell you this? And the coach says her mom drove all the way there to talk about her concerns. And Laurel said she's had treatment. The coach tell her, tells her she's losing weight and overtraining, and so Laurel quits. There you go. In the next scene, Laurel is doing laundry, and she's fighting with her mom, Jessica, who must have already been there. And this elegant lady is sitting on the washing machine. Yeah, it's it's so... <clears throat> I don't know. The, the, I don't know it's, it's so weird. Why would the mom be at a laundromat with her daughter doing laundry, and why did the mom come to town and not tell her daughter until that now studying. that she's doing laundry. And, and why is this whole eating disorder thing an issue after she's already in, in the program? Shouldn't the mom should have brought this up with the school before that? It There's a lot that doesn't yeah. make sense to me, but. And it's not necessary. That's yeah, the it's biggest right. thing. It, it could be lifted out. I mean, obviously they're trying to show a way that the, the, our, the mom is overbearing and that her and Laurel have some kind of disconnect. But she actually seems like a really lovely lady. Yeah. And and it's completely reasonable what she's doing for exactly. a child with a mental health issue. Yes. Who's a young adult. Which actually is a little ahead of the game because back in 96, I don't know that. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just where I grew up, but there just weren't parents around anyway. 
So a lot of them didn't get involved. Like, it's true. So I think she's, I don't know. I like the mom actually, but I, th I think they're going for like overbearing bad mom, but they don't really succeed. Yeah. So anyway, um, Jessica tells Laurel that she's just too busy because she's double majoring. She's studying for some kind of internship in China. They don't really talk about much and then running, which obviously she's not doing anymore. And mom wants to make a deal with Lawrence and says she wants Laurel. She wants to stick her nose in Laurel's business. If she doesn't get in over her head, Laurel laughs. She's got this weird, like nervous laugh throughout the movie. I really don't like. Yes. It's, and it's annoying. It is. And it's, it's kind of like she laughs in weird places. And then she tells her mom, she met a great guy. Mom wants to meet him. And Laurel says, under one condition, no judgments. And then they laugh and the scene ends. And scene. And scene. Now we're in Jessica's condo and she's unpacking takeout food. And it's a lot and it's very elegant. Yeah, I mean, it's all in like <laughs> nice wrapping and... But she has it out on nice china and yeah. it's like it's like green bean almondine. Is that what you call that when you put the slivered that's, almonds with the green beans? That's my favorite. My husband's favorite. Okay. That's his favorite vegetable. And then I feel like she had a whole bunch of baked potatoes on one of the trays. Yeah. Like, I feel like I saw a lot. But anyway, yes. And then and then Laurel says, Mom, you need to start the oven because she need, pulls out a thing of frozen cannellini. Cannelloni. Cannelloni. And Casey's like, you wouldn't cook that. There's, It's like, <laughs> come on. You wouldn't. Like, it's like cooking a, a, like a. Like cook, an eclair. Yeah. Eclair. Like there's filling yeah. in it. It's like, or no, that's. The, the, yeah. Okay. Clearly, you two don't know your way around a kitchen well enough to figure out that. It, just read the directions. It says defrost. Yes. That's all Which I'm it sure was doing it says. On its side in the bag. Yeah. But the mom is like, the door rings and the mom is like taking all this packaging and just throwing it over the island into the kitchen. Well, we, we totally missed the part where she wiped her hands. Well, that's what, I'm getting there. Oh, good. So now she's walking, the doorbell rings, she's walking to the door and she looks down at her hands and then there's a counter and she takes her hands and wipes her hands. <laughs> She like wipes her hands off on the counter. I'm rocking. It's so gross. <laughs> so gross. Like what? Wipe them on your pants. I'm still having nightmares. Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to follow behind in my mind and wipe the wipe it yes. down with Lysol. Oh my god, it's so weird. And she doesn't even seem like the kind of lady that would do something so gross. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, Laurel comes in. So there's a knock at the door. She opens the door. It's just Laurel. She comes in. She's like, "Oh, it smells so good." For some reason, they keep making a big deal about Jessica's not cooking. Yes. I'm not even going to bring up every time, but if you watch it, make it a drinking game. Yeah. There you go. Make, make, if that's your make thing. Make the running and the pushing. Yeah, it's not yeah. our thing, but you can still have a thing. Yeah. So um, Jessica says being sing single works. Being a single mom and working didn't leave her time to cook. Yep. <laughs> Laurel tells her that her boyfriend went to get flowers down the street because, you know, why would you do that before you get there? Yeah. Come up together. I yeah. don't know. She shows her mom a ring he gave her and mom tells her he has nice taste. The doorbell rings and then they go to the door and they make a big fuss and Jessica's like fussing with Laurel's hair. Yeah. Like, like she, she just, he just saw you five yeah. minutes ago when he dropped you off to go anyway. Yeah. And then we see what happens. They open the door and it's not, da, not, not. Yes. She introduces him as Kevin Shane. However, 
it's not the Kevin Shane from earlier. It's no. the murderer. Oh, I should get some sound effects. Oh, that would be fun. Okay. That would be fun. Except I'm a little technologically challenged. So we just have to make them with our mom. Oh, no. We need to get one of those um, with the, with the um, chimes. The oh, chime. yeah. They would look really good right there. Yep. That's a good idea. Okay. At the table after dinner, Kevin tells Jessica she's a great cook. She accepts it. She's like, yeah, I am, bitch. I, I I don't, such there's no cook. shame in your game. No. I didn't cook it because I don't cook. Who cares? I don't care if you don't cook. If you invited The food was me, delicious exactly. that you ordered and provided for me. Thank you. I'm, the end. If I have someone over the house and I order pizza, I'm happy. Yeah. And they are too. Yeah. Why would you lie about that? Yeah. Now to, I want cannelloni just, though. Oh, I know. And fairy food. I know. I, do. I know. And now I'm thinking I'm going up to the UP in a couple days to go help Jack move back home. My son's in college and I'm going to stop. And when you said fairy food earlier, I'm like, I'm going to stop and get some saltwater taffy sequins. Ooh, yum. Cause they have the best. It's so fresh and it's like soft and it lasts a long time. It's so yummy. Mm -hmm. So um, they decide to have coffee because they have a two hour drive back to campus on a motorcycle. He tells his, he tells Jessica that he can't afford a car because he's in medical school. And <sighs> why didn't they take her car then? Anyway, yep. Jessica tells Kevin, I think this is so fucking it's rude. So, well, and it's weird. It is a weird thing to say to someone. Yeah. She says, I hope you don't become an overpaid specialist. Who? That's Except just for, dumb. First of all, that's an opinion. And second of all, specialists save people's lives. Yeah. So what Like, you, I really am grateful yeah. for my rheumatologist. And also, if you can't afford a car in medical school, you're going to have some big old bills from financial aid when you get out. Yeah. So you need a good paying job. Yeah. Anyway, he says he wants to help the people who really need it. Blech. TV trope. Yeah. It's such a trope to say that. <clears throat> I'm not going into it for the month. And if you are. Who cares? You're smart and you work hard. More and power to you. Medical school is hard. More power to you. And if you're working you. and you're on call and you're up at seven in the morning and you're up till one in the a.m., why would you be ashamed to make money? 100%. Come on. He says he wants to help the people, blah, blah, blah. Then he says he shared, he he tells her that his dad was on the board of directors at CareShare. And Jessica's like, oh, I have a friend who works at CareShare. Uh-oh. I know. All right. So <clears throat> now Jessica brings up Kevin's dead I parents. I mean, it is such a thing. You know, like when you, when you first meet somebody, isn't it a natural thing to be like, oh, I heard your parents are dead. That's not so something. Weird. That is not yeah. something. I would never... Bring that up to somebody. Not the first time I'm, you meet them. Not unless I was really close to them and unless they brought it up to me. Yeah. It is, it's not really her business. No. This scene, she's kind of a dink, but otherwise I liked her. Well, she didn't know how to defrost cannelloni. Yeah. All right. So um, Jessica brings up. figured that out. Yeah. Also, also, we should mention that Jessica is a lawyer. Yeah. So is that she's an overpaid not... specialist? No, I don't know. She's... Anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not like Jessica has no money. Exactly. So Jessica then brings up Kevin's dead parents and Kevin tells her his parents were killed in a helicopter skiing accident in Austria with eight other people. So would that be a helicopter accident or a skiing accident? They were skiing by helicopter and didn't you say half the mountain fell down? Yeah, so they were. it was actually a helicopter accident. Yeah. Okay. And they died doing what they loved. That's so, a, also a very strange thing to say. Yes. So now that scene is over. We cut to, no, I, yeah, we cut to another stalker scene. So now 
We're yeah. still in Jessica's apartment. Kevin is listening in on Laurel and Jessica talking in the kitchen. And um, Jessica is just telling her to be careful. Um, and that's about it. Yeah. So, But it's weird. It's a weird scene because, again, you're watching it through these blinds that it's like a divider between rooms it's it's, it's weird. weird it's weird it's a really cool condo but it's that's it's weird yeah all right so now next scene the next morning we've got <clears throat> fake kevin and laurel walking around campus talking a bit about laurel's mom uh kevin fake kevin tells laurel that he loves her so much and he kisses her which is gross because i'm just gonna say this like the kissing in this is so gross it's gross. It's, Casey had, it's I didn't really notice gross. until Casey pointed out, but it's very loud kissing. It's loud. And, and moany. Yeah. And, and, and gross. Inappropriately loud and moany. Yeah. Because like just, just kissing, they're like. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, it's gross. All right. So um, <laughs> Laurel says she's going to be late. They walk some more and he asks about her father and Laurel. She's going to be late, but let's talk let's about my keep, dad. Yeah. Let's just keep walking. So Laurel says he died two years after the divorce and she doesn't remember him. Well, Kevin says he doesn't remember his parents well because they were always away. He says they have each other. And she says, yes. And then she says, and you will protect me forever. And then she leaves. Bye. So there you go. She's got class. She's got to go. In the next scene, we are again in stalker mode, and we see Laurel laughing and hugging a friend. I think it's Maisie. Um, they go into a building, presumably presumably for class, and we see that hand, hand. again, the weird Ugh. hand. And um, then we see a few other scenes of, and I can't figure out like what it is, but whoever is the stalker is just looking at some other things around them. And then we see that the stalker is, in fact, fake Kevin. That's why I don't like the way they film that, because we already know who the murderer is. We already know who's stalking. So why do they need to, like, make it, like, from his perspective? I don't because know. Because we already know. I don't know. So it's just, it's a weird aesthetic. Beth does not like the stalker scenes. I don't like the aesthetic the of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I next. don't like fake Kevin either. No. So next scene, we've got Laurel out running. Again, we're in stalker mode as um, as we see that Kevin is watching her. She's running at night, and it's pretty deserted. She's about to open the door to her dorm. I, and... I don't like how that dorm is so quiet at night. That yeah. makes me super nervous. Kevin jumps out from behind and scares her and asks where she was. She said she had to run, and he kind of yells at her and says, for two hours? So I guess we're once again emphasizing this... And if she's a cross country runner, that's probably not atypical. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I have to ask my friend. She ran cross country in college, but pretty sure an hour and a half to two hours is not outrageous, depending on how what your distance is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So after some banter, she says she must go copy notes for class, and they'll do something fun on Saturday. Unless you ruin everything, Kevin. Yeah. And he lets himself into her dorm behind her. Yeah. Storms into her dorm room. Her roommates like rush into the bathroom. And let's take a break and just listen to this. Yeah, I think we have to take a break because did you hear that? My husband is making a lot of noise outside. Oh, I, just I don't it. hear him at all. Yeah, I just heard him. So we'll see. If you had just heard something, that was my that husband was making Mike. all kinds of noise outside. He's playing outside today. It's nice out. Yep. I am crazy about you. I got plans. I want a future for you and me. I, I, I don't have a life unless you're in it. Well, wait. <laughs> 
You know, maybe this is moving a little too fast. You don't even like me. Where did you get that from? Of course I do. You know I like you. Come on, just call me Saturday, okay? Oh, now I have to call. Kevin, please. No, 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 no. Fine. What? Whatever. You need your space, right? No. I... <laughs> can take the sunrise, <laughs> sprinkle it with some chocolate. Well, and a little bit of candy. candy Casey's singing Candyman because we just took the world's longest break. I called the candy store here in town, which makes like fresh chocolates and yep. candies. And Got some fairy food. We only had a half an hour to get up there. Yep. So we had to leave. We had to leave in the middle of recording to go do it. And yep. there are no regrets. No regrets. It is a great. I store. have wanted fairy food for the past three or four days. And, and I, I found it. Yep. I got her done. Got it done. So now we're ready to go. Let's go. Add some fairy food. Some sunshine. Woo! Woo! Now we are back. I got Swedish fish. She did. And she did. delicious. It's so good to have some candy. You must have some. All right. So now we are back. If you recall... Where they remember it was just a minute fake, ago. For, yeah. <laughs> for us, it was an hour. <laughs> fake Kevin has fake followed Kevin. Laurel into the dorms. And then um, they had a big fight. Yep. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. I want to restate that. He was a big dick. Yes. And it wasn't a fight. It was him being a bully. Yes. All right, so he storms off now, and we've got the roommates coming out of the ba so bathroom, sad. and she sits on the bed, exasperated. And, and you know, I have to say, like, I've, I've thought about this more than once, and I thought, what would I have done in that situation? And I probably would have ran in the bathroom, because it would have been frightening. I suppose. But you and I, like today, the kids today would have had cell phones, so yeah. they probably could have called security or the police or whatever. Yeah. Everything was attached to the wall. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so we couldn't have, we couldn't have done it that I way. I feel it's like they sad. were in bathrobes with their hair wrapped in towels. I do. Yeah, yeah. I also feel it's like there were three roommates yeah. for a, a one room. Yeah. But there were... And we've were, never seen those girls before nor since, and they did not get their equity cards because nobody said a word. No, I think one of them had a line. Didn't one of them say, did he leave? Or did she? Oh, say? you're right. So she yeah. got her card. Okay, we got one out of I the I bet three. she's retired since then. Oh, All right, so now Casey's favorite favorite scene right now. Cut to an outdoor exercise class. They how, are doing how aerobics. do they all look, Case? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, like if you honestly, if you put aerobics into the um, the GIF bar, and I'm saying GIF because I know that the person who invented it said he wanted it to be said like the peanut butter. Uh -huh. I why didn't he? Somewhere. Why didn't he spell it like the peanut butter? I don't know. Because he's didn't want to get sued, like I guess. So anyway, he gifted up. No, no, you can see the whole '80s thing. That's what these girls look at. Every yeah. single one, makeup, full hair. Yep. Uh, tidy tight little leotard with tights. Thong leotards yes. with tights. Yes. Um, I think I saw some war leg warmers. Leg warmers. Yep. And yeah. the Reeboks. Yeah. Yep. The high top Reeboks. I'm telling you that that kind of class does not come to my. And it's outdoors. Thumb. Outdoors. In Seattle, yeah, where it rains, what ninety percent of the time? Probably. Um, but you keep talking, and I'm going to check that fact. Okay, so they um, there's this outdoor exercise class, and um, and a uh, a delivery person on a <laughs> bicycle wearing a tuxedo rides up with this huge bouquet of flowers and presents it to Laurel. 
It is be temperatures between 40 and 70 degrees most of the time. Okay. How much does it rain? It doesn't say. It just gives us 152 rainy days a year. That's pretty significant. That's half. That, I mean, more, you, couldn't half. Really, you couldn't really schedule outdoor classes at that rate. No, I wouldn't. So but... I wouldn't either. All right. So Laurel is moved enough by the flowers to go over to Kyle's apartment to apologize and thank him for the flowers. I, I feel for this girl because we were all young and influenced at some point. Oh, you said, wait, hang on. Yes. What did I say? I I just said Kyle's apartment, and I meant um, fake, oh, fake Kevin. Fake Kevin. Why did I write Kyle? I don't know. I was listen. I just gave you the out. You should have taken it. Well, no. I, I'm, I mean, I just, Laurel just is really moved enough that that. to go over to Fake Kevin's apartment to apologize and thank him for the flowers. Fake Kevin is sleeping and is all like, whoa, whoa, whoa out of sorts when um, when she knocks on the door and he invites her. He invites it's sort her of in. interesting too, because he doesn't even seem that interested that she's there. Yeah. And it's weird that he's like not been stalking her because throughout the remainder of the movie, if he's not with her, he's stalking, stalking her. her. Yeah. So I, I think it maybe had tried to open up that he has some kind of weird depression or something because it's like in middle know. of the day i don't know it it didn't make any sense and he, he, asked, he even asked happy. her like what time is it yeah and it must have been late i mean it was it was definitely daytime when they were exercising so it's got to be by the time she gets done with even if it starts at eight it's got to be at least 10 a.m yeah if not later not that that's i mean my adult children will sleep till noon if they don't have to work yeah um, but that's a whole different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, Laurel goes into the apartment and, um, to the background noise of traffic. Once again, there's always traffic in these, there's in, a lot of background in these noise. indoor sequences. Yeah. And every and time they're outside, it. there's birds. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, and it's weird because sometimes there's traffic when there's like no traffic around. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, all right. So Laurel comes in and talks to Ke uh, fake Kevin about how her dad would bring her mother flowers Otherwise known after as a child. fight. Yes. <laughs> he uh, fake Kevin apologizes and says that he was over the top with the flowers um, and explains that he has abandonment issues, you know, because if you recall, his parents were killed in that ski accident doing what they love. She assures him she wants to get closer and then they have sex. Beth <laughs> oh, God. Beth wrote they make love, but no, they have sex. And there's so much noise. It's so gross. It is very gross. Ugh. All right. Now. It's very cut to uh, we've got a guy driving the Jeep. It's muddy. So we can tell that he has been places. He has been all over the yeah. place, man. He's been he's been living his life, dude. Yeah. And he calls the motor in. He's so now now picture this. He's on a highway. He's got the top down on his he's Jeep his Wrangler, motor running, which is really, really loud yeah. already. And he calls, hey, motor in. This is Kevin Shane. I just want to make hey, a reservation. Hey, I'm Kevin, man. Yeah. What's up? What's yeah. up? And the other person on the line in reality would be like, hello? Yeah. I can't hear you. I know. Because you got this. Plus, let's remember, this is like early days of cell phones. Early. We are talking about brick. The so, mom has a cell phone later, and it's a brick. It's the brick. So, actually, now that you say that, I bet in a lot of places in um, Washington State, and where he was, there would have been, he was on the side of a mountain. Yeah, he would have had no reception. No. Well, anyway, okay. Well, maybe he's got a big enough phone. So, but we have, but what we have learned is that Kevin Shane is not 
fake Kevin's name because this is the real Kevin Shane. Yeah. And then if we think long and hard enough, we remember him from the very the beginning. beginning and the that one, was the Jeep right. that was dropping off the girl, the girl that got murdered by fake Kevin in the first place. Right. All right. So. That's a lot now, of stuff. Now you know. That's a lot to unpack. Good we've job. We've got real Kevin who's coming back on the scene. Not who's been long. away in his dirty Spoiler Jeep. Spoiler alert. Shh. He won't be here long. <laughs> Beth, Beth is giving the whole plot Everybody away. who's listening to us has probably seen this movie before. That's true. This is a classic, right? It's true. It's true. Yeah. So, okay. So now we've got fake Kevin. Oh, yeah. Calling Laurel's phone. And this is another thing that's like very time- Specific because it was only for a short time in the world that you could do this. Call your home and listen, listen to, to your message. voicemail messages. Yes. And if you want to want to see something very funny, there's a Seinfeld episode about that, of which course. is very funny. She's and oh, there's a really good friends episode too, where Monica calls um Tom yep. Selleck's character yep. and then she accidentally changes the outgoing message. Yep. And saying something about she's sorry she called earlier, but she <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's on the outgoing message yeah. then it's fantastic it's funny but that's you had to do that i remember doing that and not every not every mas machine could do that no you had no. to buy like the big expensive machines to call in and get your messages otherwise you had to do what the rest of the schlubs did and wait till you got home to see who called yep so um he calls and he listens to her messages and one of them is her mom saying that she wants to um if if Laurel is no longer dating fake Kevin, mom has a law student that she is working with that she would like to set her up. We with. want to set her up with the law student. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he sounds like a nice guy. Yes. Even though we don't know for sure. Yep. So now we've got cut to the next scene. We've got fake Kevin putting oil all over Laurel's back, despite the fact that it's not very sunny. And it's baby oil. It's not, it's yeah, clear. It's just oil. So and he's just rubbing the oil on her back. They're it's in a park. Yeah. She's not even. Like, she's got pants on. She's not even wearing, like, a bathing suit. No. She's wearing a shirt. Yep. Like a halter top. And and actually, the sky is quite gray. It's quite... It's, it's like... It's not sunny at all. Like, if it way. was here and the sky looked like that in the West, we would we would say, storms are coming. Yeah. We would not be... We would not be outside. No. But, and you're not getting a tan through the haze. I mean, they, everybody says you can, but we all know it's cold and bullshit. Yeah. So they're talking about their future together. And oh, yeah. she um, says he's making her body um, an oil slick. Gross. And he says he wants to keep it perfect. You know what would have been funny? If he got up and ran to the counter and wiped his hands on it. Oh, God. <laughs> Just like mom. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know why. I said so that. she. <laughs> um, so it's it's really creepy the way he talks about he wants to keep her body perfect. Ugh. She tells him sometimes he gets so serious. With her weird, anxious laugh. Yeah. And then he suggests she dye her hair blonde. What? Oh, her mom would kill her. And she says her mom went like that. And he says that her mom just wants to keep her down. Yeah. And he says something like um, uh, about how hot she would be as a blonde. Which, again, very creepy. And... I'd also like to um, talk about the um, traffic sounds again, because there's always traffic there's sounds. There's no traffic. There's no traffic in the no, scene. They're in a park. Yeah, and there's traffic sounds. Yeah, so like heavy traffic, heavy traffic sounds. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's super weird. I mean, I get that they're in a city because it's got a beautiful But if there background. were cars going by, it would make sense, but you don't see. No, they're in a park. Like, they, in my opinion, because there's a, there's a river there and then there's a park. So there has to be a parking lot. So whatever traffic there is has to be quite a distance from where yep. they are. Yep. It's, it's, it's right. And then there's other scenes where there's like all kinds of birds chirping. And I was telling Casey, we went to a resort once that tapped in the bird chirping noises. Because there was an area of this resort that you could go bird watching. And I think there were no birds. We didn't see any birds in this area. Yeah. They, so we think they just tapped in the bird chirping sounds. And they could. And that's fine if they did it. I don't really care because. I, I play bird chirping sounds all day, every yeah, day for I'm my sure birds. I'm sure they do it. I mean, and it's fine because it kind of gives you the fantasy that there's some kind of reality there. I mean, and there probably were birds there. We just didn't see them. I'm not very good at bird watching, so I don't really know. So then we're back at the ancient payphone, which we see a few times during this movie. True story. And so um, Casey said, I wonder how much it costs, but I bet she, I bet she called collect. Because to call from Seattle to Canada? She would have had to have like 12 quarters. Well, I mean, even to make a, a long distance call to another country would probably have been more than 12 quarters. I mean, I don't know what it costs to call somebody long distance to another it country. It was $1.65 when we would call Mary Kay in Michigan. So it, it has to be, you know, at least double that, I would think. But I think she probably called collect. And, and, probably. And Jessica probably said, yes, I'll take the call. So she calls her mom, tells her they're coming to visit and that she has a surprise. And um, then we cut to, well, he kisses her again. There's loud smooching after she gets off the Gross. Because apparently they're celebrating her idea to do this changing of the hair. And then the next scene, we're at the condo and fake Kevin has flowers for Jessica. But it's weird. I don't know if you noticed this case. He knocks on the door. He kind of taps on the door lightly. And then... And then he kind of angrily bangs on it but right away. I didn't notice that until today. Oh, I didn't notice that. And I, I forgot to point it out to you. And I thought, I wonder if that's something or just whatever, because he didn't even give her enough time to come to the door. Right. So he kind of comes in and he's like, here's your flowers. But that wasn't the surprise. No. Nope. Out from behind the door comes Laurel with a blonde bomb and bomb, Bob and fringy bangs. And... So Casey brought this up, so and we talked about it a little earlier. It it looked like a much shorter version of Ann Jillian's hair in It's a Living. Yep. She played, what did she play? Cassie? Yes. In It's a Living. Mm -hmm. So if you watch that show, which I love that show. I know. And I think part of the reason I loved it is because I was it's a waitress. It's a living. Na, na. Yes. That was a great show. And and it was showing on Logo. Yeah, summer of the year before, and I don't know if it still is. That noise you're hearing is Casey eating her fairy food. Oh, yeah. It's quite loud, so you probably are picking it up on the mic. And yeah. I, we're not going to cut it because we're we're a warts and all podcast. We don't care. And I, I saved this just for you. Yes. She's got more, though. Mm -hmm. And she offered to share, too, but I said no because I got my Swedish fish. So Laurel and Maisie are at this bar, and they're drinking what look like little old fashions in old-fashioned cup. Mm -hmm. And they have these regular-sized plastic straws that you get like McDonald's with your with your sodas. I think they're even extra long. Yeah. It, like a 16-inch <laughs> straw in a three-inch cup. I know. I was like, are you really drinking an old-fashioned out of the straw? Are you even of age? What's happening right now? <laughs> even in 1996, they would have used the little straw. Right. And those were only for mixing you drink out of the glass. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just really was funny. They're talking about Kevin. 
Now, Maisie, again, is the gal from Corner Gas, who I love. She played Lacey on Corner Gas. Maisie asks why he won't hang out with her friends. I actually think she's quite fair about him. Yeah. Because I think most people would be like, your dude's a dude. I mean, yeah. get rid of that dude. And she's just like, why doesn't he like us? Which I think is fair. Yeah. And then Jackson... From her friend from earlier who asked her at the beginning of the movie, he shows up at the bar. He's so cute. I know. We want her to go with him. I'm going to say after this movie, maybe she does. So then outside we see fake Kevin beating the crap out of poor Jackson's scooter, and then he kicks it over. Yeah, and that was so weird because they didn't show Jackson a really, like, they didn't show Kevin walk it, watching it, and Kevin knows that apparently that Laurel is in the bar yeah, because he stalks her all the time, but I don't know. I didn't understand that. Maybe just to, just to add some more violence to the character. You know, you know, I, the whole, that whole thing is sort of weird or maybe he's just jealous. I don't know. That's so weird. I mean, he's so weird. So then in the next scene, real Kevin gets pulled over and he gets a ticket. And I, I think the only scene this is for is to establish. I think there's no other reason for the scene because he basically tells the cop that he was working in Alaska. He's been gone a while and now he's coming back to the area because he wants to go back to school midterm. Yep. This cop does not care, obviously, because he's just getting pulled over. The cop basically says you're doing 60 and a 40. And that's the end of the scene. So I think it's just... Yeah, he us- said, I'll let you off of the warning. Yeah, and I think we're just supposed to know that the reason... He's back. Yeah, and that fake Kevin was able to establish this identity because real Kevin was in Alaska, so apparently they're, they think that's the end of the world and yeah. nothing ever happens. So he's been in Alaska and he wouldn't know somebody took over his identity, Yeah, but he would have. So then fake Kevin gets called into the administration building at college. He does. And the administrator is like telling him that somebody submitted his high school transcripts to apply to the school. And then fake Kevin asked to see the transcripts. And he's like, oh, I was going to try for a scholarship. They must have sent the transcripts here by accident. It's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. And also kind of doesn't make any sense that they would have called him in to even ask that. Because in my yeah. opinion, they probably would have opened an investigation quietly behind his back. And yeah, they just wanted to out. make it very clearly known that he has taken over somebody's this identity. guy's identity. And he just sort of, pret- I guess he just talks his way out of it. It's again, an establishing scene Yeah, that really made no, it didn't matter. It didn't make any sense to the movie anyway. So then Laurel and her mom are out on Jessica's deck. This deck is gorgeous. It's huge. It is Full of plants. Beautiful, beautiful plants. And and Casey pointed out that Jessica's out there gardening in pearls. She's wearing her pearls. She never takes them yeah. off. And they're full on gardening. This is not just yeah. like a couple of pots. This is no, like a, she's got gloves and there's dirt and there's plants everywhere. She and there's creeping vines yeah, out there. Oh, it's so beautiful. It is beautiful. And the and the view is enormously gore. I mean, I I mean this condo she has it is spectacular yes. in every way so they're talking about the family cabin and laurel's talking about how much she misses it which is super weird because how that brings me to a question about how later I mean, anyway yeah, yeah we'll talk about that jessica offers to purchase i did just whisper something to casey by the way but i didn't want to spoil yeah 
Jessica offers to purchase Laurel a new car. Laurel turns her down, but Casey and I were talking. It's a, it's maybe a 10-year-old Jetta. Yeah. It would have still been in good shape. Yeah. Jettas are made, were made to last. I had one. You had one. Yes. They're great cars. They're Loved super my fun. Jetta. I know. Laurel says fake Kevin was a sous chef, and Jessica said she thought he volunteered for share care. Jessica's worried because he knows she ordered food, whatever, and Laurel says she knows Jessica hates him. And Jessica denies that. Laurel says he's the first guy who understands her and she's going to volunteer with him in Guatemala next summer. And Jessica's rightfully upset about that because she's giving up this opportunity to go to China. They don't really talk about what that opportunity is, no, but it must just be some China. kind of internship. Yeah. yeah. Maybe or teaching English or something. Who knows? Who knows? So she was going to go do that for a summer. Now she's giving it up. And then Jessica goes and visits a friend who works at CareShare. <laughs> and I, I wasn't going to say anything, but she goes to his boat. Yep. We're at the dock. Yep. Like, because you know where everybody's friend's boats are parked. Well, and she and she says to him, I knew you're, you'd either be with your patients or at your boat. Maybe they're Which having weird. a thing. Maybe on the boat. <gasps> Good for her. I'm glad they didn't show him. that loud smooch. Oh, God. Because smooching yeah. would have been super gross. But Good, for Good for them. But Good for them. Get it, go get it, you Jessica. Do you. She probably could use a little. Yeah. She asked him about fake Kevin's father, and the friend doesn't recognize the Shane last name and says there hasn't been a vacancy on the board for years. Yeah. And if you remember, fake Kevin said that his dad was a board member of that um, care share. Care share, which we don't know what that is. They never explain it. Nope. Um, so in the next scene, we see real Kevin Shane at the motor inn. He's, he's walking. Wait. What about... What about? Oh, the, wait. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about all the paragraphs I'm missing? Fake Kevin's on the phone with a credit card company. <laughs> I don't know what is happening today. Well, we have lots of notes added in. Yeah, we so do. We, to be fair, I write the script and then I go back and revise the script because a lot of what I write is not in um, active voice. And then we go through and read it go through the movie and talk and read and add even more notes. So yeah. by the time we actually talk to you, I. Have notes. Have notes. And, but that, I just skipped over this paragraph. So he's on the phone with the credit card company and he has like this little cheat sheet of real Kevin's information. He's reporting his credit card stolen and he's trying to find out where the recent charges are. And then he finds out there's one for tomorrow at the Motor Inn in wherever he, Seattle? I don't I guess I don't I'm remember. guessing it's Seattle. Yeah. Or somewhere around Seattle. They yeah. don't, that's, they don't say, they don't use actual cities that much. Yeah, that's true. It's You're not right. that confusing to me because I don't care that much, but that's, it's just, we're not sure exactly where. So in the next scene, which is what I said before, we see the real Kevin Shane at the Motor Inn. He's kind of walking to his room and fake Kevin kind of comes running out from like behind a wall, a hallway or something. And he's like, hey, real Kevin, I'm fake Kevin. Remember me? And real Kevin is like, oh, yeah, Billy Jones. I remember you. Um, yeah, wh whatever happened. And it was it's kind of an awkward little yeah. conversation. And then fake Kevin is like, we should go get a drink. And real Kevin's like, I'm going to go take a shower. So he goes into the room and he's like, wait. Hey. Oh, go, oh go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, don't forget that he said, hey, grab my bags. Yeah. So he makes fake kevin go grab his bag like and, a porter or something yeah exactly um i want to say straight up that real kevin's kind of a dick yep yes he's a dick yeah but that's okay we don't see him for long no spoiler alert so he grabs the bags and a crowbar which he never uses 
No. At any rate, then he goes inside. They're sitting in the room talking and the doors open. And real Kevin is like, I'm going to go take a shower. He's so he, taking off his shirt. And I'm yeah, like, what is going on? They show a little, a little shirtless action. He goes in the bathroom. This, this, this moment is quite frightening now. Yes. He's standing there. He's leaning up against the dresser. Fake the Kevin. Yeah. Fake Kevin is leaning up against the dresser after real Kevin goes into the shower. And then he takes the door and just slowly like, ah, and closes it. And yep. you're like, motherfucker. Yeah. It's, it's really the only scene in the movie that kind of scary. But then we've got real Kevin from the shower saying, <laughs> hey, man, bring me my bag. Yeah. He's like, like what the... bring me my dop kit or whatever. I thought it was like a girl thing to have conversations in the bathroom. I have never in all of my life, all of my gay, straight, male friends never seen one guy go and shower and have a conversation with another guy yeah and also he's going into the shower at a hotel what's the first thing you think of oh i need my shit to take a shower because yeah. i'm in a hotel or it's already in the shower because yeah. i'm in a hotel or you just grab the hotel i don't think the motor in has free soap probably not probably not <laughs> but this shirt this the shower curtain is it's clear yep so he's naked in the shower and yep. and fake Kevin brings his little kit and then they're still talking and he still doesn't notice. He brings it in and he still doesn't hand it to him. They're still talking. Yep. And then he's like, hey, dude, hand me my whatever. And the guy just cold cocks him. Oh, yeah. They're, okay, so now what did I miss here? Well, oh, so okay, you tell us, Kate. Okay, well, just, just real quick, before, before real Kevin is killed by fake Kevin, um, we've got real Kevin just mentioning that he's moving back to town because he left when his parents died and now he's ready to move back and stay in Seattle, go back to school. Then I went off script. That's okay. Um, then that is when, um, he goes into the shower, right? Yep. And now we're going to listen to it. Yeah. Let's listen. To Cause they little... probably know better than us. Right. Hey, family, whatever happened to that girl, uh, All right. Now, real Kevin is done. Bye, Kevin. Bye. Bye. Okay, this is dumb. Jessica's having an 80th birthday party for her mom. Again, this is one of those scenes that could have been completely removed from the movie and we don't need it. Yeah. Um, but this is Laurel's grandma. And the whole the whole point of this is that Jessica can't cook, in case you didn't know. She's frosting a cake with her fingers eventually. There, the guests are there for the birthday party. The cake's not frosted. Who has a party and doesn't frost the cake ahead of time? Also, who doesn't cook? So she doesn't cook, but she makes this cake. Yeah. Cause that like that would know. be the first thing I, cause I cook and bake, but yeah. if it's a birthday, I'm ordering a cake, but I would never invite a bunch of people to my house and then frost the cake while they're there. That no. would be like, Hey, come over to my house and I'll start, I don't know, cooking when you get here. Yeah. You kind of, you know, you have to cook a little while they're there, but you can prep. Yeah. Like frost a fucking cake a day ahead of time. Yeah. She would buy a cake. She doesn't even seem like, um, a maker of cakes. No. 
So, all right. Laurel says she misses Kevin and Jessica says that they need to talk. Um, Jessica asks what Laurel really knows about fake Kevin. Jessica says um, some things don't add up and that he's insecure and tends to embellish. Also, um, uh, Laurel says he's doing amazingly well since his whole family was wiped out. I hated that line. His whole family was wiped out. Yeah. I mean, that's just not very... It's weird. It's not a very... It's not something you would say about somebody you really love. No, you would say something like with the loss of his pa exactly. parents. Family yeah. was wiped out. All right. So Jessica tells Laurel that Jessica met with her doctor friend and tries to tell Laurel about the whole care share thing yes. and him not him not telling the truth. Laurel cuts her mother off and the scene changes to fake Kevin digging a grave because let us not forget he... Uh, he murdered real murdered. Kevin. So it's dark now. He's got a fire going and there's an owl hooting and he burns all of real Kevin's things. And we're assuming buries him because he's digging. So new scene and fake Kevin calls Laurel to tell her he misses her and that he has a surprise for her. And this is as he's pushing <laughs> real Kevin's Jeep down a boat ramp into the water. Laurel tells fake Kevin that she loves him and he says he loves her too. And, All right. <laughs> and so she hangs at the phone. She looks down at the ring he gave her plays with it a bit. Cause once again, these fucking hand scenes, I know I hate all the hands. Why? And then she says, I love you, Kevin Shane out loud. And it's so scene. I, I really didn't like that whole scene. It was so stupid. weird. And her saying that was dumb. Yeah. So now we've got fake Kevin and Laurel at a cabin that he rented for the two of them. Laurel calls it a fantasy. He tells her she can run or hike the trails. She said it's too far out. He says that's the point. It's away from the campus scene. She seems a little bit bothered and tells him she feels like he's pushing. He says nothing he does is good enough for her. She explains it's just that it feels impulsive. And he says he's going to explode if he holds back the way he feels about her. And um, he asks if she wants him to climb a tower with a gun. Mm. I will tell you in this, in this, in this movie, the writing, the way that they make Kevin, he is very textbook abuser. Yes. The, in the way that they write him. The, and the manipulation. There's so and, yes. many red flags that, you know, we don't pick up on if we're not, if we're in the middle of it, but we can see them as the viewer. Yeah. And I did, and I did think that was, um, appropriate for this movie the way that they have him being a manipulator agreed all right so then we cut to jessica trying to call a phone number that is out of service she calls it a couple of times we're assuming that it is laurel's mm -hmm. all right so now we're back to laurel at the cabin and fake kevin is making dinner laurel pulls up in her car um and um she's opening some wine and um fake kevin while he's cutting some chopping up some he's broccoli. chopping broccoli yeah <laughs> he says um it'll be a few days until they have a phone that the phone company says just you know it'll be a few more days because back in the day you had to call the phone company up tell them your address give them your credit information and then they would tell you when your phone would be hooked up and they come out to do it yeah yes. i mean it was a whole thing yeah and it would take time you never you'd, you'd move into an apartment and really not have phone for a few days true story so um, fake Kevin then cuts himself while he's chopping these, these 
um, vegetables and knocks the grill over and then like completely loses his mind and sweeps all of the dishes and food off of the table and scene. Yes. All right. So now we've got Jessica back on campus and she um, is waiting there and waiting there and waiting there because she can't see, she can't get in touch with Laurel. Yes. Um, so she's just sitting at campus waiting and then she sees fake Kevin. She chases ass after him and he asks, or, and she asks him, where is Laurel? And well, why don't we just do a little bit of a listen Let's to listen what, to that, what that jackass has to say. There we go. What's happening with my daughter? Where is she? I see her. Don't give me that nonsense. You know perfectly well where she is. Whatever your relationship with Laurel is, I don't want any part of that. I don't believe you, Kevin. I don't believe anything about you. Laurel listens to me now. I don't know what your game is, but I'm going to make sure that Laurel knows you're a liar. All right, so that was so creepy. I hate fake Kevin. All right, now let's cut. Let's cut to some more creepiness. Let's get to some more. We've shit. got Laurel and fake Kevin sitting in front of the fireplace with wine at the cabin. Like, let's remember these are college students, yeah. young. Like, they're not grown up. Right? Did you? What? I started drinking wine in my forties. Um, I did in my 20s we just drank when i was with you we always just drank beer yeah pretty much yes but yeah like if i would have had wine it would have been like "Ooh, what are you doing fancy but i did i would say in my late i 20s, really didn't like wine and i wouldn't have i mean i don't know this whole wine drinking thing but that you know it's weird because they're like sophisticated enough to drink wine but they drink like old fashions with a straw. Well, anyway. <laughs> All right. So Laurel and fake Kevin are sitting in front of the fireplace with wine at the cabin. Fake Kevin tells Laurel that his, uh, that her mom, <laughs> Je that Jessica called him the other day and wanted to talk about Laurel. Fake Kevin said, Jessica told him that Laurel had had an eating disorder and that she had been hospitalized for it. And once again, I just want to say this scene, the director is focusing on hands. It's the weirdest Both sets thing. of hands. Both sets of hands. Yeah. Like he's eating and they focus on him grabbing a carrot. Yeah. And so they even show weird. her hands a bunch. It's it. It's like some weird thinking they're going to make some kind of weird trend. Hands are not characters. Yeah. Cities so, are not characters. Don't, <laughs> don't make them characters. They're just not. Anyway, so Laurel says that um, Jessica's just completely against Laurel and fake Kevin. Uh, fake Kevin says Jessica is set on ruining their relationship. He um, he says they need to start their own life without Jessica interfering. Can't they? Haven't they done that already? And that no one is going to run Laurel's life again, hmm, except you, maybe. Except, yeah, Jake I thought Kevin. the same thing every single time I watched it. Then they have sex on the table and spill the wine. They clean up the wine. That drove me he, so gross. So and during that scene, Casey was grossed out by the grunting, and I kept yelling, "Clean up the wine!" Because they kept focusing then on the wine spilling. I know slowly wine out is not a character. Just pick it up. Wine is not a character. Ugh. Although it is, it makes me a little sad when somebody spills it and doesn't clean it up. That will ruin the carpet. Uh-huh. It'll ruin the hardwood floors in that cabin. Yep. Clean up the wine. The next day, Jessica is talking to Maisie. 
And Maisie um, says that Laurel didn't show for lit class. Maisie tells Jessica she doesn't know fake Kevin and ne never really sees him with anyone on campus. Jessica says that privacy laws have prevented the dean's office from giving her any information about Laurel and her classes and stuff. And then she, um, then Maisie tells Jessica that Laurel has moved everything out of the dorm room. Correct. So now it's early in the morning and we are back at the cabin. We see fake Kevin quietly closing the hood of Laurel's car. And then he's walking his motorcycle down the driveway. Yeah. Dirt, dirt path. It really is. Yeah. So uh, it's really a beautiful setting. It is. I would live there. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Then we see Laurel um, get out to her car and she can't start it. And so then she has to walk. So we see her walking down that same dirt road, driveway, whatever it is, with her coat and her backpack. Uh, all right. And see. Now we've got Laurel on the back of Jackson's scooter complaining that she had to walk two miles to a payphone and couldn't reach every anyone, even Maisie. And I feel like two miles... It was longer than that to get to a payphone from well, where they are. Well, it feels like they're yeah. out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, Laurel is worried about missing a lab. Uh, Jackson invites her to hang out and watch a band that weekend. And Laurel says no. Jackson says, Laurel, you used to laugh and have a good time. So, now we've got the stalker music is going to begin. And we see fake Kevin noticing them at the payphone. So fake Kevin sees Jackson standing with Laurel at the at payphone. payphone. Laurel is on the phone with the phone company. Did you use, did you check my name? Yeah. And she's checking she to see um, about this new phone line at the cabin. And she's pissed because she finds out that there has not been an order for a new what? phone. What? No. You are kidding. So she says to Jackson that fake Kevin wants to keep her a prisoner. And she's not wrong. And then we see fake Kevin suddenly running through the crowds, shoving people out of the way, left and right, like a comic book. People and yes. papers go flying. Yes. Um, but um, uh, fake Kevin never reaches Jackson and Laurel. And they take off on Jackson's scooter. And like you said, not a single person he knocked down said, what the fuck are you doing? Or the people with Started them. Like, yeah, yeah, like what's going weird. on? So weird. I mean, maybe we're more aware of this today, but that is an assault. Yeah. Anytime you I mean, put your hands on somebody. he people over. Yes. Yeah. And be careful doing that because somebody has the right to defend themselves should you start. And if you're the one that takes the brunt of it, if you've started it, sorry yeah not sorry so now we see jessica coming out of this old-fashioned elevator which totally casey reminded me of that one apartment that shannon had with that yep. elevator that you had to close really tight yeah and it was really slow yeah and it was like open so you could see the wall yep. do you remember that oh, that yeah. was a really cool apartment my friend jim yeah. had one of those elevators when he lived on kilborn yeah this one was that one in chicago but i don't remember where in chicago that was the one when her apartment didn't lock right no, no, that was a different apartment. Oh, I think not she talk was. About that apartment. No, yeah, that apartment was a different apartment. This was an older um, building that, like, completely rehabbed. There was the apartments were gorgeous, but they just had that old elevator. And I think because it was more of a 
freight elevator. Yeah. They couldn't really just replace it in an old building or yeah. whatever. And by the way, Shannon, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Get it? Earth Day. But yes, her birthday is on Earth Day. Jessica thanks the man and then tells him her son is going to be very grateful. And then she goes into fake Kevin's old apartment. Dun, dun, she dun. doesn't find anything. It's completely empty except for the furniture. And then she's leaving. And we didn't notice it when she was going in. But right outside this apartment that he abandoned, what, weeks, days ago? Who knows how long? There is a full garbage can completely open. Yep. And there's no bag there. It's just like a bunch of papers um, stacked up. And um, amazingly on amazingly, top. And, and, and yes. There's so many problems with this because you take garbage out. There's probably a shoot in this building. Yep. And it's just sitting there. So she finds this picture of a girl. She like picks it up and it almost looks like a police file. Yeah. The first thing she picks clip. up is the whole like file of this girl. And then and the picture falls out. Yeah. And it didn't alarm her. No. And this detective's name would have been in there. So anyway, a picture falls out and it's it's the girl from the beginning of the movie. So then Jessica goes to this. It just says Colorado State Police, I think. So we don't know what city. But there's a woman named Detective Unger telling Jessica that Jessica's wasting her time. So this is the TV trope, tough as nails, female cop trope. Detective Unger confirms that Kevin Shane's parents died in a ski accident and tells her that if anything, if he did anything when he was a juvenile, that those records would be sealed. I wonder though, if, if a cop could see them, it doesn't matter. And then, um, as Jessica's leaving, she passes this, there's a board with all kinds of missing people posters. And one of them says missing Aaron Meadows and it's the girl from earlier in the movie. Yeah. So, so just to, just to recap, yes, Jessica was at fake Kevin's apartment, Correct. saw the, the police file of this woman and then the next scene, we have her in Colorado at this police station talking to this detective. Yes, but she doesn't take the file with her, so no, apparently she that doesn't alarm her. Yeah. So um, unless it's like a maybe it's a file he made. It doesn't. It's not that clear. But I know. But she that would alarm take it. Me. It was weird. It would alarm me if I saw a picture of my daughter uh, of a girl that looked very very similar of my daughter just hanging out. Yeah. Cause it's not like framed. It's like, and it's like cut around. No, cause it's, it's, it is the picture that I assumed fell out of the file. Yeah. And that she cut, it's the same picture as this missing person. Yeah. Clear, he clearly cut around the missing part. Yes. So then, uh, where are we? So Jessica sees that poster. Oh yeah. And then she goes back to talk to detective Unger again and asks if she knows who the girl is. And detective Unger says, yes, she actually worked that case. And she tells her that Aaron Meadows disappeared two years ago and that, which actually would, would make all these people not of age to go buy wine, but whatever, or get in bars. Jessica tells the detective the photo she's about the photo she saw at Kevin, fake Kevin's apartment. And then she says, it looks like my daughter. So detective Unger said she didn't find any connection between Kevin Shane and Aaron Meadows and that she had a strong suspicion about a person named Billy Jones. Oh. Boom, boom, boom. And then Jessica gives her her card and, and tells her to call collect day or night. And so Casey, tell the people about call. Cause I've said it twice now. What is, I've been, collect? I've actually seen a whole bunch of calling collect memes lately. I think there was a, a thing. The Holderness family did something in the, in oh, the I song, haven't seen that one. They talked about calling collect. Okay. So calling collect was what you did when you didn't have money from a pay phone 
and you would call your parents collect and the operator would say re, you would have to record your name so yeah you what you would say zero, right yeah what you would say is the, the 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 beep would come and you'd be like casey pick me up at high school yes and then then your parents would get a call and they would say you have a collect call from and then they would hear casey pick me up at high school and do you accept? And then your parents would say no. And then they'd hang up and yes. then they'd come get you because they you, knew you, you broke the code. Yes. So that is a collect call. Basically what it meant was um, the people accepting the call would take the charges, but it was like a quarter to call from the payphone. A collect call was like a dollar. Yeah. It was a lot more expensive. Yeah. We didn't call collect in my But you didn't have to pay to. if you didn't accept the no, charges. That's true. That's yeah. true. So, all right. Oh, we're back to me again. Yes. Jessica rhymes back in her apartment and she listens to her messages. So Detective Unger faxed her what she had on file on Kevin Sheen and Jessica picks it up and she sees there's a driver's license and she's like, oh, fuck, that is not the Kevin Sheen I know. So she calls Detective Unger back and she says, that's not Kevin Sheen. Can you send me a picture of this Billy Jones guy? And she says she'll get back to her. So back at the cabin, Laurel is packing up her belongings to move out and she takes her ring off and sets it on the table. Can I just say she's the, the strangest packing I've ever seen. It's the worst packing. It's the worst. It's, it's, it's bad. That's all. It's worse than I would pack. It's terrible. Fake, fake Kevin comes in and he says, your car is running. And she's like, I was, I'm afraid to turn it off because there's a wire missing. And then he's like, well, are you upset about that phone thing? That was all just a mess up. And she's like, stop lying. You go, girl. Yeah, that's right. She accuses him of trying to keep her there. She tells him she knows he's been spying on her. And he says her friends are just against them. Oh. He tells her he's obsessive because he loves her so much. Oh, yeah. And she says it's not a normal love. So let's take a break and let's listen to what she has to say. There you go. I don't know what this is. Where does she run? Well, Laurel runs outside with what she can carry and she gets in the car. Um, fake Kevin offers to take her for a romantic dinner and she escapes in her car. So, of course, she goes to the club. She meets up with Jackson and her friends. And Laurel says there's unfinished business with Kevin and she doesn't want to start anything with Jackson. He agrees. And then they go to the dance floor and they dance to the band called rhymes with orange. Yes. Which is actually, um, on the, um, kiosk. Is that what yeah, you call it? I'm trying to think of what it's on that the is. signage out front. Yep. Um, so it's total Seattle sound scene from, yes. the, from that time. Case looked them up. They were, they're a real band. They're real. Um, and there's actually three songs on the soundtrack for this movie. Cause Sometimes IMDb does a not a great job of having music, which we've seen in a bunch of the movies. But in this movie, they're all listed. Awesome. So as they're dancing, Kevin slowly walks down the stairs and is watching her. That is another kind of creepy moment. Of course. Um, in the Then he goes into the bathroom, um, follows after Jackson, threatens him, and beats him up. Then oh, I didn't like that. Fake Kevin leaves Jackson on the ground. And he goes up to Laurel and her response is, you keep following me. 
He apologizes and asks for another chance. Yet again, she says no. Then Laurel tells fake Kevin that they can talk outside. So he apologizes. Um, so they're outside now. He apologizes. Fake Kevin apologizes to Laurel. He says he has no life without her. Um, and then some guy walking by accidentally brushes up against Kevin and he just beats the shit oh. out of goes nuts on him. And by the time he turns around, Laurel's gone. Thank goodness. All right. So cut to daytime. And we have a police officer talking to Detective Unger. Yes. Remember, that's the detective in the Colorado police station. Yes. Who had the Aaron Meadows case. Yes. So they found the remains of someone at a mall that had stalled on construction but had started back up. Detective Unger thinks it is Aaron Meadows. So... Now, cut to fake Kevin leaving the cabin on his motorcycle, the cabin that he has rented for him. Vroom, vroom. Laurel pulls in as soon as he pulls out to pick up her stuff. And when she, so she's got a box of stuff, she goes back outside and there's fake Kevin sitting on the hood of her car. And he says, welcome back. So creepy. She's like, no, I'm going to leave. And he says, no, I know I need professional help. And he starts crying. He asks, sir, weren't there good times? She says, I've got to go. So he walks back into the cabin and then comes out and he's got a bottle of wine and two glasses and he's pouring the wine into the glasses and says, can we at least toast a good time so that we can leave, leave this as friends? All right. So next scene you see is fake Kevin carrying Laurel into the house. She's passed out. She's passed out. Clearly he has drugged her. He puts her on the bed and whispers, you thought you were going to get away from me, didn't you? So creepy. All right. Now, cut to Jessica on the phone with Detective Unger. The detective tells Jessica that she faxed a picture of Billy Jones to Jessica, and Jessica sees it and says, it's him. And cut to a commercial break. You can tell, like in this movie, you can tell when they cut for breaks. Yeah. It's very clear. Yeah. That's why I said that, because it was clearly a commercial break. All right. So when, um, oh, and I forgot that um, Jessica says, he's a killer and he's got my daughter. All right. Yeah. And she's just like, and they're, they're like, uh, no urgency. Yeah. It's it's just, it's sad. And you kind of get the feeling at this point now that Jessica's just up against just nobody's helping her. Yeah. You know, because I'm sure that when she was at the university, they're like, we can't tell you anything, ma'am, because there are privacy laws for students. Yeah. So they can't just tell anything. But then again, Laurel may not have told anybody she moved out of the dorm. So it's just sad because wouldn't you be like terrified? I'd be so terrified knowing this guy's a liar, possibly a murderer, and you don't know where your daughter is. Yep. All right, so we come back to Laurel, passed out. She's in the passenger seat of her car, now parked on the side of the road. Fake Kevin is doing something under the hood. He goes through her backpack, pulls out her AAA cards and her car keys. All and, right. And next we see Jessica walking out of the... Ugh. Next we see Jessica walking out of the Washington State Police Station. That's what it says on the sign. And she's talking to uh, a detective, and he tells her the detective's tells Jessica fake Kevin was in foster homes growing up. Jessica tells him they found Aaron Meadows body and fake Kevin must be the killer. So Billy Jones, she asks him for help. And he says in TV trope, retro movie fashion that he has a daughter himself. So he's obviously trying to like, you know, 
that whole Loretta Swit thing. And yes. yeah, you know, let's, I, I understand. I have a daughter myself, but he can't make a move without solid evidence. And Jessica responds like my daughter's body. And then the detective just kind of leaves. Yeah. It's, it's yep, sad because like yeah. Cause he's, I guess the answer is yes, which is super sad. Yeah. As Jessica's driving off, she backs up over spikes and blows her tire out. Yep. Then the movie cuts to fake Kevin talking to AAA at Laurel's car. AAA guy tells fake Kevin he needs a member signature. And fake Kevin is like, well, the last time I tried to wake her up, she threw up all over me. And he points to Jessica passed out in the front of the car. And AAA guy says, good luck. And lets Kevin, fake Kevin sign the form. And then fake Kevin asks where Barrington Lake turnoff is. And then AAA guy tells him where that is. Yep. So we know now that they're on the move. Yep. To Lake Barrington. But we don't know why or why. And then we're back with Jessica. And she, well, the guy was going to try and tow her. So he's kind of hooking up. He's going to hook up the car to tow it. But he asks, um, well, actually, she's talking on the phone to Detective Unger. Detective Unger is not available. So then AAA guy asks, she gets off the phone. AAA guy asks for a photo ID. And she's like, why? And he's like, well, the dispatcher called and said that the same card was used an hour ago. And she asks where, and he says Barrington. And she's like, well, that's where my cabin is. So Jessica tells the guy it's an emergency and she needs her car. And rather than have it towed, she actually pays him off to change it on site. Hands him a cool hundred bucks. Yeah. Or whatever it is. So now we're back at the cabin and Laurel wakes up, but I, I want what this is the, this is not the cabin that Laurel and fake Kevin have been renting. This is now Laurel's mother's Mother's cabin, Barrington Lake. So earlier when I whispered to Casey, what I asked her was how did he know where the cabin was or even about the cabin? We don't know. We don't know, but he figured out how to get there. It did take me a couple of times watching this to figure it out yeah like that it wasn't the same cabin i was a little confused like why is he asking where he lives yeah and then i real figured it out so laura wakes up in her mother's cabin and casey tell us what you love about this scene so much okay there's a rocking chair that is rocking, rocking. and empty empty Kevin's outside. Yeah. You can see him standing at the doorway and Laurel is just unpassing out. Yeah. On the bed. And this rocking chair is, is rocking wildly, wildly, wildly not in the like, middle of the room. Not like Kevin just got up and walked nope. away from it. It is like nope. somebody pushed like it. Ghost rocking. It is. Ghost. And I don't know how I did, didn't notice it. I can't believe you did. It's the dumbest thing. It's so dumb. And you wonder what the fucking point like, is. Like, why didn't, why didn't, like, honestly, in the final edit, they're like, well, nobody will notice that. What? It's like the, it's like they were deliberately doing that. Do you think it was, like, I it don't was a fan? understand. I, I wonder if there was something in the background that made it move. I don't know. It was rocking like a little kid was rocking it. Uh-huh. Not, like, gently. Like, it's, really it's like ferociously. like somebody is sitting in it. Can a rocking chair rock ferociously? This was uh... rocking ferociously. We're going to go with yes. Would a wood chuck chuck? <laughs> Chuck wood who would chuck yes what what kind of wood would the answer is chuck wood chuck chuck yeah okay the answer is yes the answer is yes a chair can just randomly see i would wake up and not be so worried about being at my mom's house i'd be more worried about why that fucking rocking chair is rocking what's going on i'm the fuck out of here man grandma oh it's so scary so then she 
he's like, well, we just need quiet time away from your mom and your friends. Of, of course, we should do that at your mom's home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she says there's nothing like there's no food. There's no phone. And he's like, well, I'll go get food. And she's like, you kidnapped me. And he's like, no, we're on a romantic weekend together. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. So then he he pushes her down and he's yelling at her and telling her that she doesn't think that he's good enough because he has no money, which sort of surprises her. So yeah. let's take a little break and listen to the conversation or it's not a conversation. Let's listen to that dickhead trying to manipulate her. Oh. No, no. No, this is just a guy and a girl and we had a romantic weekend. That's all. No, no, no. Why not? Why now, huh? You're thinking about someone else. No. You're thinking that I'm not good enough. No. Huh? Not worthy because of where I come from. Because I never had the money. What? Money? What are you talking about? You're the one who was always talking to my parents. I'm scared of your I didn't have any parents. Well, we didn't spill wine, but my dog just came down and he spilled some LaCroix. Yep, all over he the did. carpet. Yep. He's but, so cute, though. He just opened the door by himself today. Yep, he did. He likes to visit us. He so, does. All right. Now, we are back to, um, we've got fake Kevin choking Laurel and yelling at her. She says she broke up with him, or he says she broke up with, no, she says she broke up with him because of her mother and that her mother hates him because Laurel loves him. Got that? I think That's I do. That's a whole lot of stuff to say while you're choking somebody. Yeah. Well, so while you're being choked. while you're being choked. So then Laurel's like, "I still love you. I still love you." Um, and um, he kisses her mm. and he tells her that if she makes love to him, he will know she's telling the truth. And then so the grunting and the sex again. And like again, we've talked about this. We're not. We've already covered the sexual assault stuff in this whole thing. I think like, you know, that we're not advocating any of that, but can I just say that the grunting once again, uh, I've had it. Yeah. I've had it. Yeah. It's so gross. It's a lot of fun. And then, and then when Laurel's running later and she's grunting too, you like that. There's too. a lot of grunting. Yes. All right. Afterwards, they're lying in bed and fake Kevin is asleep. And what is, what is Laurel wearing? Laurel gets out of bed fully clothed ah. in the clothing that she was wearing. Um, and she tries to leave. She grabs the keys and she turns around and Kevin is standing right it's there. It's scary. So she hits him and he falls. Go, girl. She goes to start her car and we see Jessica, meanwhile, racing her car. So now it's kind of going back and forth. Yep. Up the dirt roads to the cabin. Cabin. So we've got Laurel in her car trying to start it, trying to start it, trying to start it. Of course it won't start. Kevin comes out. She can't get the car started. He asks why she wants to leave. She screams at him to leave her alone he rolls over the top of the car and breaks the passenger seat window with an axe. Um, and then he's like, come on. And she's like, all right, I'll open the door. So then she opens it, but she smashes it into him and knocks him out. And so he passes out. All right. So we've got her mother, Jessica, driving up the roads. We've got Kevin passed out on the ground. So what does Laurel do? Well, she runs back into the cabin. She's like that one commercial where they're like, let's go stand by the axe, the, the chainsaws. Yes. That's what it is. Yep. Because we both agreed that as a runner, especially. Yeah. 
She could have been long gone. She could have been long gone. But she runs into the cabin, yes. locks all the doors. But of course, you're in a panic mode when that's when someone's possibly going to kill you. Yep. All right. So now we've still got Jessica speeding to the scene. Woo! We've got fake Kevin. He picks up the axe. Laurel grabs a poker from the fireplace and she's she's locked all the cool shutters on the windows and, and put something in front of the back door. There's a back door. Just yes. bear that in mind. Um, and um, now we've got Jessica pulling up to the gate. But I, I did that wrong. So Kevin. Oh, before Jessica pulls up to the gate, Kevin is breaking into the house with an axe. Right? Yes. All right. So um, I want to talk about Jessica pulling up to the gate. Yeah. So I'm just going to pause for a moment here and just discuss this. Yes. Jessica pulls up to the gate, which is a um, chain link fence gate with a chain and a padlock. Yes. She could have driven her car through that. I've seen enough yes. movies to know. That car would have done it. Yeah. It was like a Beamer or something. I mean, it's a really well built. Yeah. It, like, any car. High end car. Well, maybe your Festiva. My Festiva would have gotten crushed. Yes. But most but it cars, might have been able to jump it or drive around. Yes, it might have fixed it, it through. It did have some value. It was a tiny little car. So, um, but she's she's up at the gate and she's her key doesn't work. Otherwise, here's another idea I just had. She could have pulled right up to the gate and jumped over it. Like yeah. stood on the hood and jumped There's over it. There's a lot it. of things she could yes, have done. Yes, yes. But, but instead what she does is she's trying to open the gate and the chain is kind of tight around just the two well, her lock. We should probably say her her, her key, key does not work. work in the lock. So obviously, fake Kevin changed the key. Yeah, or the lock. But eventually, she goes, "Oh wait!" Oh. And she can push it because there is like two feet of slack. Well, in it's the enough chain. slack that she can open it enough to easily get through it. It's just. Honestly, details, people. You yes. need to pay attention to details. Right. Correct. Especially when you're about to go help I, your I should daughter. have that job. I should have that job of like, nope, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Well, you can do that for my novels. Okay. Thanks. Okay. All right. So now we have You just got... can't have a podcast about it. That's fine. <laughs> so we've got Kevin using the axe to break in the door. Jessica is now running up to the cabin. Kevin's made entry. And finally... Laurel realizes that she should probably use that back door. Yeah. So she hits Kevin with a, a poker because he's trying to open the door now. He's reaching from the outside through the hole that he chopped in the door. It's very, it's very horror movie trope. Yep. And, and what did I say? I'm home. Yep. I mean, it's very like he's got the shiny. I mean, it actually is a complete ripoff of that scene. Of course. In every way. From the shining. Yes. yes. Um, so Laurel hits him with a poker. And runs out the back door. Jessica is running up the long driveway as Laurel's running out the back. Jessica's calling, Laurel, Laurel. Kevin now is inside the cabin. And um, <clears throat> Jessica sees Laurel. Okay, so Jessica's in the cabin now. She doesn't see Kevin. He is in the cabin. She's still screaming for She's Laurel. Still Screaming for Laurel, goes to the back door, Laurel, and then you hear Kevin say, it's too late. And then he punches her. Cold cocks her. Totally. Bam. She goes rolling down a hill and ugh, into yeah. a tree. There's a lot of sound effects because yes. she's like, Oof. and then as Laurel is running too, you hear, yeah, there's like ugh. lots of like not good Also sounds. the graceful running that she had when she had a body Gone. double earlier. Gone. She's uh, an ugly runner. She Gone. does not look like a runner. Not that I can run. It doesn't matter. 
But it's like there should be some consistency or use the fake runner again. Yeah. Because now you just look like you can't really go anywhere, even though you should be able to. I mean, she should have been able to easily run out of there and outrun him. Yes, because let's not forget she was on the college track it, team. It bothers me. Now that I think about it, it bothers me that that's there because they make such a big deal about her being a runner. I know. It has nothing to do with the movie. And then in the end, her, her actual running is not what saves her. And it really could have. Anyway. should have. Anyway. All right. So. And it's turned out of rowing. <laughs> oh, my God. So Laurel gets down to the lake and the dock. And the dock. Yeah. And she hops into an uncovered boat, but she can't find the ski. It's a motorboat. The or key. the key <laughs> or the ski she might have you never know um, she can't find the key so she jumps into a canoe and we've got fake kevin running down the hill but now, you know okay can i just say this too like even if she had the key where was she gonna go there weren't a lot of other houses on this lake yeah you know I what i mean like know. she would have had to we didn't have a good enough view of the lake to know because it could have been like a chain of lakes i mean it she could have been any number of things you're right but it's weird that she didn't try and outrun him but rather go to a place where she would have had to outweigh him yeah like wait for him to fall asleep and then bring the boat back you know what i mean like i get there's no plan when you're running but her actually being a runner could have changed the way this right. whole movie See, ended. But they didn't think that exactly. True. All right, I am just going to say hole. she has about the shittiest canoeing skills I've ever there seen. Were, in my they're life. worse than mine. They're, they, it was terrible. And also, they had to have stabilized that thing from underneath because the way she was—it was even rocking the way she was yeah, doing it. Was it was terrible. There was, it was no terrible. way that thing wouldn't have knocked itself over, or she so, would have knocked it over. Um, okay, so we've got fake Kevin chasing her. She's rowing terribly in the canoe, and now we've got Jessica coming to. And running toward Laurel. All right. So oh, we're all down at the water. Kevin jumps. All of a sudden, Kevin jumps out from the water. Yeah. We have not seen him go in. And somehow he was able to swim underwater for quite a distance. And she didn't even notice. And also, like, stand. He's, he looks like he's standing. Probably. How shallow is this water? Who knows? Then if she, she would have known it was shallow, she could have swam. Yep. All right. So he dumps the canoe. From underneath. From underneath. Laurel goes under. Fake Kevin is screaming her name over and over. And all of a sudden, she comes up very, very far away from the canoe under the dock. Yeah, she's under the dock now. All right. So now, even though he's right there, he doesn't see her. So I'm talking quieter because we don't want her to be found. Right? Right. All right. But then she pulls herself onto yes, the dock but with he a lot of loud he grunting. Would've, he would have heard that. Yes. Oh, he probably did. No, she's doing a lot of grunting when she pulls herself on the dock. And then her mom sees her. They run toward each other. They're hugging. And then Jessica says, where is Billy? Because now she's saying Billy because he is no longer fake Kevin. Correct. He is Billy. All right. Billy comes up behind them with an axe. Mm -hmm. Jessica says to Laurel, his name is Billy, and he killed a girl. Billy tells Jessica she's a bitch. And Jessica tells him they found Aaron Meadows. Laurel then tells Billy that her mom lied and wanted to break them up. And you're, and I was like, what is she doing? Yeah. Obviously Laurel, it was that same tactic that kind of worked earlier yeah. where she's like, no, I love you so much. I'm sorry. You know? Yeah. She's obviously just using that moment to try and save their lives. Laurel tells fake Kevin that she made a mistake and she's so sorry. Ugh. He asks if she still loves him. And as he's distracted, Laura shoves her mother over, grabs a canoe paddle, swings it, hits him, breaks it in half. 
he falls into the water and does not come back up. Mm-hmm. Laurel says it's over and hugs her mom. And then there's a long shot of the lake and the dock. It's gorgeous. Yep. And I, I just, I said, it's never a good sign when Billy doesn't come out of the water. No. And I have to say, it's like, so we've got some copying of The Shining. We've got some serious Friday the 13th Total stuff going Friday on Friday the 13th this. stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. All right. So cut to the final In fact, scene. I think that's pretty much the end of Friday the 13th, isn't yep. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Cut to the final scene. Oh my gosh, what happens? We've got a cute blonde girl and her friend walking. Oh no. And the cute girl tells her friend that she has a date with Preston and her friend is like, oh, you're so lucky. And then Preston comes up. It's a guy in a motorcycle jacket. Gives her a smooch. Gives her a disgusting, long, like inappropriate smooch. And turns around and we see that it is fake Kevin. Billy. Fake Preston. And scene that's the end of the movie that's the end of the movie we made it oh it took us a lot of breaks today and like long breaks because the dog and the candy and the thing but the grunting and the grunting i needed a little break from the grunting grunting and the and then there was so then there was the haunted the haunted chair i mean there's a lot of shit going on in this movie yeah oh it was a lot, but it moves really fast. Actually, it does. It's, it's very fast moving, and it was one of the least confusing movies we've watched. Believe it or not, yeah, yeah. Because I think sometimes my script wasn't as straightforward as I meant it to be. That's okay, and that's always like a revised script too. So it's always weird when we when we start saying it out loud, and I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, I meant to say this, but we figured it out. We did. So guess what, case what our next movie is a two parter. Yay! To celebrate the month of May, which includes Mother's Day here, here in the United States. I don't know about let's see, uh, Norway. The Philippines, Switzerland, Canada, and Switzerland. I don't know if they celebrate Mother's Day, but we do celebrate Mother's Day in May here in the United States. And we decided to watch the mother of all bad movies. We are going to take on the Betty Broderick story. Yay! They actually had two different names and they aired six months apart, but they're, they're two parts of the same movie. The first one was called A Woman Scored, The Betty Broderick Story, Part 1. That aired in March of 1992. And then in October of 1992, her final fury, the Betty Broderick story part two aired. So we're going to do those two movies for the month of May. So in two weeks, we're going to do part one. And then in a month, we'll do part two. Yay. Yes. And it has been many, many years since I've seen this. But I will tell you that when these movies came out, they were the thing everybody talked about. about I, what was I be very TV. much remember Especially because yes. we had, now I can't, um, Meredith Baxter Burney, yes, who played the mom on um, Growing, Growing Pains. Pains. Yes, no, not Growing, not Pains. Growing Pains. Family Ties. Family Ties. Thank I bet you. We've been yes. and she's quite a good actress. I didn't like that show. How did oh, I not like it? And I have my own Alex P. Keaton in my I just house. Didn't like it. And I loved Mallory though because she was so. I really wanted to be like her. Who did it? Even though she was kind of especially dumb. have a name like Mallory. I know. Way cooler. Oh, than I love Justine ba- Bateman. Oh, Jason Bateman. All of them. All that. Family. All the Batemans. So I'm super excited. And there's also one of the things that spurred me on was actually not the Dirty John thing. I haven't seen that. There was a Dirty John, the Betty Broderick story starring, uh, I forget who starred in it. Anyway, um, I listened to a podcast last summer that I really, really liked. And it was a 
Betty, I'll look it up and tell you what the name of it is. But it it talked more about the the kids, the husband, the wife, the wife that was killed. Because through all of the talking about her, and even in these movies, it's all about Betty Broderick. Oh yeah, and that's frustrating. And it was frustrating for the families, of course, of because the there are victims, and the children are still alive. All and of they her are kids, victims as well. They were very much victims, and so. It was a great podcast, and I urge you to listen to it. I'll tell you the name of it the next time when we're together. All right. So do you have a favorite TV movie from the 70s, 80s, or 90s you'd like us to review? Let us know. Let us know. Find us on Facebook at Made for TV Movie Club Podcast. We are on Instagram at Made underscore for underscore TV underscore movie underscore club. Listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Stitcher, or Breaker. Please feel free to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about and we've us. We've had some people do that, and we thank you for everybody who's given us five-star yes, reviews. Yes, awesome. Had some. Yeah, awesome. Great. Thank you so we much. We love you guys. Also, follow us on Instagram and and. Facebook come and talk I post a lot so Beth does there. she's really good about yeah, it and, and, we, and you we, can see our snacks from today yes I'm going to post pictures of our snacks tomorrow yeah all right so until next time we'll see you right here in the clubhouse see you in the clubhouse